HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Today's program was brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Boys, I'm mellow as a honeydew. Yeah, that cat is high. Look that look in his eye. Oh, man, he's high. Yes, higher than a kite. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. In the studio today, I have a good buddy of mine that hasn't been on the show for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very, very, very busy year. <laughs> Mr. Steve Schneider of Employees Only and Macau Trading Company in beautiful New York City, New York. Welcome hey. back to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I'm really happy to be back. Absolutely. It's great it. to have you back, man. This is number three for you. Yes. I love it, man. Third time's a charm. But one of these times, <laughs> like one of these days, you're going to actually like beat Brian Miller. You're about you're about halfway there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So, God, it's been like the last time I saw you. you you've been like all over the world over the last year, um, <laughs> just traveling, going crazy, bartending, uh, teaching, challenging, doing all kinds of stuff. In fact, the last time I saw you was at the global rematch uh, at Macau Trading Company, mm-hmm. where you just killed it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a hell of an event. I'll tell you about you know like. Uh, Global rematch uh, organized by Paul Mant, Giuseppe Gonzalez. Uh, I helped out on the New York end, but uh, it was pretty amazing that a bunch of bartenders came together um, in one day, May fourteenth, two thousand twelve. You know, I got out of work. It was six in the morning, and uh, they already started in Australia. In the same ten drinks uh, started. You know, it was in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Went to New Zealand, then Stockholm, then London, then New York City. And uh, to have a bunch, bunch of bartenders all come together to do one competition, winner take all, it was pretty wild. I'll tell you that much. And it was really cool, you know. To I have a bunch of new friends, never even met them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is it's a speed competition for one. Yes. But also it's a it, you know there are a lot of other well, factors. You know, it's well, accuracy. Damon, yes, uh, of course. Uh, and what were the what were the ten drinks involved? Well, the the, the whole ten drinks were uh, two daiquiris, uh, rum and coke, a um, zombie. A pina colada, a mai tai, a planter's punch, a beer, and a caipirinha a mojito. Those were the uh, the ten drinks. Um, you know, you have to make them as fast as you can. But they, you know, they have to taste. They have to taste right. You know, this is more or less how fast can you balance these drinks. There's criteria. Uh, the old style of rematch. They had 
you know, specific specs, stuff like this. But this year we threw out the whole spec sheet. We just kind of said, hey, you know, is the drink balanced? Is it, you know, is rematch is more of a spirit competition than it is an actual, you know, like, hey, like getting really in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, more or less, it's uh, with all these countries competing, it's an us versus them kind of thing. Right. It's probably the most mean spirited competition <laughs> in the history of bartending competitions, which is why I love it so much. But, um, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, in order to be penalized to drink, you really got to screw something up. And, um, and, and and those are like uh, maybe not garnishing it or I mean like, I think this year they just well I, I, it was it was supposed right. to be about you know just balancing and you know servable kind of stuff um, subjective completely subjective which is what, amazing about seven different cities and countries uh, competing and and uh, New Zealand um, <laughs> you know what's really great is that well, we all think we won you know I uh, I have the world record. For fastest successful rematch round, which is 81 seconds. And it was insane. I was there that night. And first of all, you and I share something in common besides being like being bartenders and having like crazy tattoos and all that kind of shit. <laughs> but um, we are both extremely, extremely ridiculously patriotic. America. And, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And man, Amen. You, you crushed that competition. You started off with. Uh, the uh, pina colada in the blender. You had the uh, blender going before you even put ingredients in. It was already just sloshing around. You're dumping stuff in. You didn't even put the top on. And that was a brilliant move, too, because then you started building all the other drinks, then added ice to it, and everything's already like going. And then you, know? you pour all the other drinks. The last one you take off is a pina colada from the blender. You pour it in, and then you pull an American flag out of nowhere and just stuff it in and there. You know as a what? Oh, man, and you know everyone what? went crazy. And the ra- yeah, the, the the roar of the crowd. I'll never forget it. It was great. It was, it was a great moment man. in American bartending history. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> totally, man. Uh, I wish things would have worked out a little differently. Um, but you know, I had my girl Demi. She was singing. Uh, she was singing uh, "My Country Tis of Thee" with her band, a live a cappella. I figured I'd be able to slight the Brits by singing a song that we blatantly stole from them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a rematch is, a, is where you, like, what really defines you, you know. You have your award ceremonies, this and that. People tell you how good you are. But, you know, a competition like rematch, you go there, you back it up, you prove it. And I do have the fastest world record time of 81 seconds, pre-penalties. I got to give my hats off to Bobby Hiddleston from Milk and Honey in London. He is the overall, um, with penalties, he's the overall winner. Uh, Johan Eklund, also from London. Uh, he's the overall fastest without penalties. So we all think we want something. Marco Nunez from uh, Australia. Uh, who knows what he would have done if he had his glasses prepared properly. You know, he was moving speed of light. So we all think we won, you know. And that's something I would really love to have um, the top ten in the world compete against each other. My idea was we could go do it in, uh, in freaking Geneva. I figured it would be great <laughs> to just go travel to, uh, you know, the most peaceful place on the planet to give them the most horrible... Uh, mean-spirited competition <laughs> but um well you know with that, with that being said you know um there's a lot of fast damn good bartenders out there but i'll tell you one thing i don't think anybody could beat me on my fastest day in fact i challenge every bartender on this planet or any other planet <laughs> you give me you know 72 hours notice i have the money the means the readiness i'll be anywhere in the world and i challenge you to a rematch style competition because I don't think anybody on my best day can beat me. So listen up. I hope Paul Mett and Giuseppe are listening to this right now. <laughs> and worldwide, uh, you know, anywhere, I'm there, okay? You'll even bring your own glassware. I'll bring whatever you want, okay? <laughs> you give me 72 hours, I'll be anywhere on this planet or any other planet. Damn it. The freaking Dagobah system, I'll be there. <laughs> so I hope all the bartenders are listening to that because, damn it, that, I think that thing was mine, all right? This is, competition was made for me, so... 
outside of that, what else you got for me? You heard it here <laughs> on the Speakeasy. It is documented. I challenge you all, history. I tell you. Every single one of you. Anybody, bartender, apprentice, master, you know, mixologist, freaking, if you ever open a beer at your brother's wedding and you want to compete against me in rematch, <laughs> you know where to find me. Steve at employeesonlynyc.com is my email. And hey, we'll make it happen. I don't care. Killer. So there, there was rematch, and then just recently there was also the uh, the world class bartending. Yeah, yes, the Ajo world class. That was uh, that was an amazing experience. You know, um, I won one of the four challenges there, which uh, the Ritual Theater with Tony Abuganib. It's a great honor. But I uh, got to give my hat off to uh, Ricky Gomez from Portland. Uh, he's our first U.S. ambassador, and uh, I wish him all the best. Absolutely, and the whole thing was a great experience. And uh, if anything, I. Um, I gained a lot, lot, lot more friends from that. I met about nine or ten more people that I haven't, haven't ever, never met, you know, and now they're my friends. And awesome. I don't know, that means a lot to me. I love how you just challenged the world and then brought it back to friendship. Well, of course, you know, <laughs> this is what, once again, you know, it's all the spirit, the spirit of the competition, the yeah. spirit of this, yeah. Well, and I, mean, I, I find that to be something that, like, for, for the bartending world as opposed to, and I'm not talking shit on the food world, but a lot of times, you know, like chefs can be extremely competitive but they don't they don't leave that you know in the kitchen it it travels around with them and for us bartenders you know we we enter these competitions and we have fun doing it you know it's theatrical it's fun we're like we're learning you know while we're doing it oh absolutely i mean that's that's what it's all about i mean if it was about competition you know the actual competition i mean it would it wouldn't be any fun people wouldn't like each other be a lot of bad blood but i mean i'm always you know, I've been taught and I've always followed this, you know, if you want to be successful, if you want to be great, you have to surround yourself by successful and great people. And if my name is mentioned, you know, amongst some of the greats, you know, if, if I'm competing next to uh, uh, Shingo uh, Gokan from uh, Angel Share, you know, if I'm competing next to the guys from PDT, Death & Co., or just, let's just, I, I can name off all the great bars. I'm not going to do that. But if I'm competing against guys like Ricky Gomez and I'm right there with them, you know, uh, that means, you know, that means a lot for me. And, you know, his, his success is going to be my success. You know, it's, it's, we're all in this together. Because when you think about it, us uh, cocktail bartenders, if you want to call it that, um, as good as we are, we're still in the minority. And, sure. you know, yeah, there's a lot of bad bars, a lot of bad bartenders out there. And, you know, to be able to sit here and talk to you, one of the better ones, one of, you know, no, somebody I look up to, man. I love, love your work. Um, Thank you. You know, it's, it's, it's an honor and it's great. And there's only one way we could... We could make ourselves relevant, you know, to stay relevant and just pass it along to other people and uh, to grow together. That's yeah. the whole hammer thing, you know, it's building together, building a brand together and, and you know, uh, crushing all that stand in our way and, uh, you know, without forcing it down people's throats, you know. Like if, if, if somebody wants to come in and have a, have a, uh, a highball or a beer or something as cocktail bartenders, we can't shun them away. Because they're they're with someone that wants to be. Maybe they're you know they're trying to impress a girl. That yeah, know. leave the competition at the competition. Don't compete exactly. your customer. You exactly. Know? There are a lot of responsibilities involved with being a bartender. I mean, I don't think you would call yourself a competition bartender. You call yourself a real bartender. You um, know, I'm an everyday grinded out bartender that likes to have a lot of fun. And you know what? If you know on the outside the competition stuff, that's all flamboyant bartenders kind of having a good time with each other. Uh, you know, telling each other how great they are or telling each other how bad they are. But ultimately, you know, you have to be there day in and day out behind the bar. And that's, you know, th- that's something I, I'm, I pride myself on being, that everyday grinded up bartender. But um, I can't do it alone by any stretch of imagination. I mean, without uh, my fellow principal bartenders, without my apprentices, and of course without my mentors, I mean, I'm, I'm nobody. And I know that and I understand that. You know, I'm flamboyant on the outside, but 
you know, when the door is open, um, the lights go down, and there's no more ego, and I'm a completely different person. I'm now a servant. I serve my guests, and I try to honor my walls at all times. Yeah. I mean, and that being said, it's like the way you can go and travel the world and do all these awesome fun like competitions and teaching classes and being part of these seminars like you have to be responsible and in in that you know you get your work done there so you can actually go like you were saying before about like taking responsibility and making like taking ownership on a place and the only way you can do that is like really well uh, damon absolutely you know there's there's no question about it. I mean, the the proof is always, you know, I could tell you how great you are, but the proof is when you're back there behind the bar making it. You know, like, you know, I'll read stuff, you know, the writers, the cocktail writers write, stuff like that, and then I'll read something from, like, Michael Neff from War 3, who I love his writing because it's coming from a real bartender, you know? Yeah, you can't really tell how great a bartender is unless you are back there with them night in and night out, and that's why I am honored and completely humbled, and the only reason why I'm able to do anything is because of... of of Robert, Bratta, Milos, Dev, Vincent, you know, my fellow like principal bartenders, not to mention, you know, Henry, Igor, Deshaun, Jay, the whole deal, the whole gang. I can name everybody's name, but, you know, they know who they are. And without my fellow employees only, Macau Training Company bartenders and management and owners, I'm nothing. I can't do anything. And you know what? I could live with that, you know? They're great people. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's one thing that people notice about, at least I notice a lot about, like, EO and Macau, is that you guys really do roll like a family. I mean, I treat my bartenders at my bar like, you know, like they're lit. we're all a family. Like we're a bar army. We're the bar me. Yeah, the bar me. I like that. We're a bar me. I'm stealing that. You're stealing it. I know you. If anyone <laughs> is going to, you're going to do that. Yeah, I'm like. And I, I give it to you. Um, but you guys definitely have a different style, not only in bartending, but as like your camaraderie is a lot tighter i feel than a lot of other bars and like bar staffs well you know it's it's a it's a way of life for us you know we're not you know dancers or rappers or pianists or anything like that we're career bartenders we're a rare breed and we understand that and we know that we're in it together and the owners do a great job of hiring character guys um guys that'll mesh well i remember when i brought my resume in i was urged by uh, bratislav one of our more senior bartenders we had met at a at a mutual event and he's like, Steve, you know, you have to uh, bring your resume in. You know, we're about to open Macau, this and that. So I had, like, done competitions already. I was a three-time fastest bartender champion, and uh, uh, it's a speed bartending competition in Washington, D.C. I was in the book, whatever. I mean, I did all this stuff that you care about as an egotistical bartender. And um, I show up, and the first person I run into is Igor. And he, uh, he opens my resume. And the only thing he sees on my bottom right-hand corner was that I'm a former Marine. <laughs> And that's and he just closed it right away. He's like, "You're a former Marine. You're disciplined. I like that." And Dushans always says, "Yeah, we we got him. He was already housebroken." So, uh, <laughs> so one, but that that showed me a lot of character on them. Where it didn't matter what the fuck I did, you know, it just it mattered what I can do, you know, with the proper with the proper group. And you know, the word barrier, you know, the word bar, the word barrier, yeah. kind of the same thing. It's always us versus them. Ultimately, at the end, and our job is to fill the register and fill the t- the uh, tip bucket. But also make sure that you know people leave with a memory. Hopefully, good. We try as best to make it good. But um, I know that every time I'm behind the bar, and my fellow bartenders know the same thing that there are people that are coming in for the first time, and some for the last time. So we owe them our best. To quote yeah. uh, Lou Gehrig on that one, <laughs> bar style. But that's it's the it's the whole truth. You know, they pay good money, you know, to get great service and to get great drinks, 
and um, we owe them our best all the time. And there's only one way to do it that's together because we're in such high volume. It's crazy out there, you know? So, like, yeah. it's, you know, nothing, nothing for me, the most satisfying thing at the end of a shift is to just sit there and have a beer while counting the money with my guys, you know, like, just either just dogging each other, you know, having fun, just... You know, we're big families, so we make fun of each other more than we make fun of anything else. You know, just talking about the night and just talking about life and their families and everything like that. You know, and that's that's that kind of bond where you feel like you're in the trenches with somebody. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's I feel odd because comparing bartender, you know, bartending to being in trenches in any way. But in a way, you know, it's it's always going to be like the us versus them kind of thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they feel the same way about me. Uh, they only knew how much I love them, you know. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, man. Um, I love I love my bartender buddies that I work with. I love my bartenders, my friends that work at other bars, and keeping it all family. And but I tight. still challenge the world, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be back with Steve Schneider. Foods Market, we believe in healthy snacking, eating our veggies, and supporting locals. Check out Brad's Raw Chips, a local producer that created irresistible chips after their namesake's successful weight loss with a raw lifestyle. Their chips are gluten-free, nutrient-packed, and so good that you'll think you're indulging. For more information, visit bradsrawchips.com. And we're back. That song was actually from uh, a past guest of the show uh along with steven actually the first time steven was on the show uh was on with co-bartender vince vitek of the band baby brother which and uh, there's so many connections here actually my band brothers plays shows with them from time to time and yes. vince vitek's an awesome guy it's great musicians yes. like they're just awesome real quick dudes. if i may vincent i want to congratulate you and your band baby brother for being uh the new uh band for uh, Bose for their new campaign. Uh, this could be great for you, and I'm really happy to have you back, man. Much love to you, brother. Dude, and speaking of that, you know, like you were talking, we were talking a little bit before we took the break um, about, like, that family tie and uh, and being able to rely on each other to make sure that, the A, the bar's running smoothly, you know, and yep. putting money in the register, doing all this. Like, that is something that's so important to allow... Yes, but also, yeah, also, and speaking of you know uh, all that stuff, your your camaraderie and, and fellow bartenders, it's also very important how you handle yourself outside of your own bar. Absolutely, uh, when you're a patron of other people's places, you know, me uh, as an EO Macau guy, 
I know if I do something stupid that I'm representing everybody that works for me. I'm going to let my apprentices down or I'm going to make my fellow principals look bad if I go out and, and God forbid, cause a fight or do something like an incredibly drastic. <laughs> I want to be able to travel anywhere yeah. you know, if, I don't, if I don't honor other people's bars. Yeah. So speaking of that, I mean, yeah, like being so, able to travel is, is a great honor for me. Yeah, and you get to do a lot of it nowadays because you take care of your business at the bar, the bars, mm-hmm. and uh, that allows not only like when you're in town, you're working your ass off, so mm-hmm. your fellow bartenders can actually do the same thing, Absolutely. and that way you guys are all covering a lot of ground around the world, Absolutely. and uh, not only learning but also teaching. Yes. And you were in Taiwan for a little while recently. Yes, uh, earlier in the winter, um, I was in Taiwan. Um, speaking of world, going back to world class as well, uh, Angus Zhou, uh, one of their top their top bartenders. I think he finished in the top five of last year's global uh, Diageo world class competition. Uh, we're buddies. Um, he had asked me if I'd be interested into going to Taiwan to to give a talk about just philosophy and teamwork and bartending just to give them something different you know taiwan's a very small very small country but they're filled with passion they really are and i was completely blown away um so i was there i gave a talk for a couple hundred bartenders and i'd never done anything like that you know i I train bartenders every day you know that's a lot of people (laughs) but all there you know and they don't speak my language you know but we spoke the same language and that's you know a balance and bartending and and happiness you know we could all speak that language i've always said you know um, I've been in some of the best bars in the world, and I, I barely remember anything I drank. You know, I just remember that if it was well made, if I was with, with good people, you know, people that you know I had fun with. It's the only thing I remember about bars. And one thing in Taiwan, these guys are good. I'll tell you, they, they're very passionate about what they do. Um, everything behind the bar is custom made. I mean, everything's made wow. over there anyway. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like they know what they're doing. But more importantly, they wanted to just learn. It's a different style. And that's something I always... I was preaching to them about learning different styles, and they wanted to already know. So they would already have a curve. Um, you know, the more styles you learn as a bartender, you know, it's like a fighter, you know? The more you could adapt, you know, the, the better you are as a fighter, the better you are as a bartender. I mean, I've, for, like, the way I make drinks is not the only way to make drinks. No, there's tons right. of ways. But, uh, but you know, you got to respect everyone else's, yeah. you know, methods. But also... People ask me to teach bartending. I'm going to teach in my style because that's what I know. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to fight with. I might not win every fight. And they're asking fight. you in the first place. I might not win every fight, but I'm going to fight my style no matter what. Yeah. And, of course, it's a direct reflection of my great mentors, and it's my interpretation, and I hope to, to pass down someday to a younger generation. But it's going back to Taiwan, um, you know, I got to learn about the tastes over there. Um, mainly, um, you know, as Americans, we like... You know, booze forward, you know, yeah. cocktails, stuff Excessive. like that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they appreciate uh, that as well, but um, they uh, they enjoy a lot of fruit-driven cocktails there. Um, I know in, in London, they like things, you know, a little more sour and bitter. Um, so that's one thing. Oh, <laughs> I see a young lady out there. Uh, I think, I think Bratza, I think you know who she is, but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, going back to that... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great to, to when you travel to learn other people's tastes and what how other people do things. I mean, that's that's why you know you go there to learn. You know, it's great to sit on the beach. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love playing volleyball <laughs> on the beach with Dev and Igor. That's that's amazing. But you know, I was in the uh, no, I was in uh, uh, Indonesia a year and a half ago or so, and I was at the Irish bar on a tiny a tiny island called Gili Tramangan. 
um, the Irish bar eating pizza and drinking a margarita, and it was awful. It's <laughs> the weirdest combination I've. Yeah, well, you know, you know <laughs> as, as a bartender, you understand, we got to be a little deranged. Yeah. But I had some local Arak uh, in Bali shortly after, and it was great. It was amazing. It was made in-house, and, you know, it just makes sense, you know what I mean? And um, that's one thing that about traveling that I really stress on people is to try to learn, you know, as much as you can. Because, like, we're in New York City over here. Boys only, right there in the West Village, you know, Macau, Tranquil, Tribeca. We got so many tourists, but more importantly, it's the most diverse city you know, in the world, this, yeah. with all these different upbringings, you know, different cultures, different tastes, you know, the more you know, the better you're going to be, and the more you understand and appreciate it. You got to always remember, we're in, the, we're in the service industry. We have to be of service to every single different type of person that walks in there. And, you know, I mean, tastes are tastes, but, you know, happiness and going into a place and leaving happy, I mean, that's universal. I mean, yeah, a smile absolutely. is universal. I mean, I don't like to... You know, <laughs> I'm that might like, be the sweetest thing you've ever said. <laughs> you, know, you, you better you better tape record that because I'm going oh, to go back to challenging the rest of the world soon. I'm just kidding, but um, no, uh, no, honestly, uh, like think about it. You know, it's it's hard every day to to please the masses, to please people from from France, from Italy, from Spain, from middle of nowhere, who knows where else country, um, from Russia. People come from everywhere. They walk into our place and. They deserve the best, and you know it's really good if you know what flavors they like as an upbringing. You know what, how they would be happy, and that's that's the ultimate goal. You know, much, you know, a lot of my inspiration when it comes for to drinks, making drinks, or even creating drinks doesn't matter. But uh, I'll taste something or come up with a concept, and I'll just think, hey, would this would this make her happy, or would this make him yeah. proud? Something like that, and the rest is just so easy. You know, when you yeah. deal with just trying to make people happy with no agenda. I mean, it's, it's. I think also as a bartender, like you should, you should taste everything. You shouldn't be afraid to taste anything. Like as far as like not only like, like food ingredients, but like every kind of different booze, bitters, you know, syrups, every flavor. That way, like a lot of times at my bar, I'll just ask people like they'll be like, "Make me something," you know, bartender's choice, and I'll be like, "Well, what'd you do today?" Or like, "How, how are you feeling today? What happened?" And then I'll make something for them based on that jackpot. Yeah. That's exactly. I mean, like a lot of times I ask even like I don't ask usually when they go, uh, I don't know, make me something. I rarely ever say, what spirit do you have in right. mind? I'd say, what flavors do you like? Because I can make freaking, I can make pine tart taste like strawberries, you know, like if I worked hard enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so it's all about flavors, profiles and stuff like that. And that as, uh, as the cocktail bartender, that would make, get people into drinking, trying something new based on certain types of flavors they like, not based on actual base spirit and stuff like that. Because sometimes base spirits scare people and it turns them off. And we're starting to see a, a change in that. But in the meantime, you Exactly. Know. I mean, it's the same thing with like vodka and gin. You go. know, you can make a gin cocktail for someone who only, only drinks vodka. Yep. Quote, quote. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they'll be like, this is delicious. Wow. Amazing. What's in it? And then you're like, oh, it's uh, you know some lemon juice, some uh, maraschino liqueur, some crib de violette, and some gin. It's called the aviation. Yes. Like, whoa, you just threw gin in that? Exactly. Well, you, I, you didn't say you didn't drink gin. You just well, told me to make something. But exactly. And, uh, you, you like know, it. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as long as they like it is what I always say. But also, um, the cocktail bartender has to understand that. You know, so people are going to say that. Vodka is the highest selling spirit in this damn world. You know, you got to... You know, you got you got to be able to do some stuff with it and oh, yeah, adhere totally. to people's needs because that's what you're there for. You're there to to give people what they want. But, you know, I understand the whole. Uh, you know, open up any classic cocktail book. You know, and vodka's nowhere to be found. This and that. But I got bad news, man. 
you know prohibition ended a long time ago yeah. taste buds are different you know like ingredients have gotten better uh we got to show some love to the highest selling spirit but don't also you know but also know how to how to work with things know how to expand yeah. from there i say hey if some guy comes in and wants a dirty vodka martini every damn day comes in there sees me every time and i make it for him i'm going to gain his trust and the trust between patron and bartender is is paramount yeah and then one day he's going to say hey what else you got for me i'll make him a vesper and now he's drinking gin. Before you know it, he's drinking freaking yep. whatever. He's there drinking 20, 20th century cocktails and South Sides. And, and there you go. And now, hey, we got him. We got him. You know, it's like, <laughs> but, you know, much like religion, you never want to, like, shove things down people's throats. You know, you don't want to totally. shove the cocktail movement down there. As long as, hey, as long as you show up, know what your job is, uh, make a quality drink, whatever, whatever greeting is, and be of service to somebody. Hey, you're going to win. You know, you're going to win and you're going to be surrounded by people that win. And... Um, you know, your register is going to get full, your tip bucket is going to get full, and you know what? People are going to come back and people are going to be happy. And for me, I don't know if I, for you, but for me, that, that means a lot to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy it. You know, my favorite is when people come in uh, to EO or Macau or wherever I, I'm at, and they come in and they say, you know, we met here, you know, four years ago, and now we're engaged, you know, and we're celebrating our engagement party awesome. here, or we're, we're celebrating our anniversary. Man, that's... Come on, that's awesome. You know, that's I love hearing stories about that. You know, like that's that's why we do it. You that's know? real, man. It's real. <laughs> yeah, it's so real. And then you know, getting an opportunity to just go over the world and and spreading that love about what I do and what we do as a group. I mean, that's all you can do. You know, you can't condone people for drinking what they want to drink. You know, you could instruct only when they ask for it. I will never ever recommend something else. If somebody comes in and asks for a beer. I'm not going to say, well, I got this old-fashioned variation that was, you know, inspired by Neil Armstrong and, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, I want to try that. <laughs> there you go. The, the man on the moon, uh, old-fashioned. No, but, um, you know, I'm just going to give them what they want until they... If my service requires me to instruct, then that's what I'm going to do. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep banging out drinks. I'm going to keep serving the masses and try to make everybody happy and try to make my, my the bosses happy, you know, make, manage, make the management happy. You know, and then everybody's getting paid, you know, the, the bus boys, from the, the food runners, the dishwashers. Everybody's making money. Everybody's happy. And, um, you know, and we get to keep our doors open a little while longer. And, you know, um, speaking of keeping doors open, I really want to give a, a shout-out and a congratulations to uh, Robert Kruger and Mark Brancourt of E.O. Macau. Uh, extra fancy, their whole staff there. Um, new place in Brooklyn. I was able to eat there twice since they opened a week and a half ago, and I've been blown away both times. And I'm really proud of them, and I'm really happy for them uh, to see the whole thing happen right in front of my eyes. You know, my former colleagues and dear friends of mine, Absolutely. much like uh, Asaf uh, Tamir from Lighthouse, who opened up a uh, year a year and a half ago or so. Um, you know, just to see these guys come into their own as owners, you know, much like our owners at EO Macau, they, they, they want us to do that. And to see them really successful, it makes me so happy, and it makes me proud, and it also makes me know that, you know, if I keep working hard enough, uh, I'll be next. Absolutely. And that's important to me. Absolutely. So, thank you so much, man. Thanks for being on the show today, Steve. Cheers, you're, brother. You are my favorite dude to talk to. Oh, come on, man. Likewise, brother. And next week, I can't wait to hang out with you. Now. Well, ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, uh, the speakeasy will be closed next week for the 4th of July. Well... Our favorite holiday. That's right. Um, actually, and if you want to come out, uh, my band Brothers is actually having their uh, album release party on the 4th of July at Studio Counts on Frost and Kingsland. And Baby Brother will be there, the band that you heard before on the break. And if Steve's not working, 
You gonna be there? If I'm not working, I'll be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So cool, thank you very much. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure. And, you know, I hope to be on the show again soon, man. Right. Absolutely. You're thank always you. welcome. You're always welcome. Cheers. And happy Fourth of July. I'm gonna crash your show next time. Look out, <laughs> look out world! I'm challenging next guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see Cheers. you in a couple of weeks on the Speakeasy. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, see you, Dave. Look that look in his eye. Oh man, he's high. Yes, Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. Yes, he's high. Man, he's higher than